Anthony? Uh. Hello? Are you just making fart noises? How do you like my Dwight Howard impression? Oh, it was great, actually. <laughs> Welcome to The Lake Show. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, I'm not ready for the Dwight Howard era. I have now recorded, I've done Locked on Lakers, I did Locked on NBA, and now this. And all three times, the idea of him has made me, like, physically sad. Yeah, I mean, I honestly feel like this is a hostile work environment, especially for you. Like, Mm -hmm. the, the Lakers are forcing you to go on multiple podcasts and talk about probably, I would say, your least favorite player in Lakers history. He's up there. So it's funny. We I've I've noticed a bit of a revision because I know history. for you, I know yes I know for you this is like I, I personal is the wrong word but th- you really did not like the Dwight era. No. Well, all right. I, I think we've gotten a bit of a revisionist history from non-Laker fans, right? Because people people hate Laker fans and the Lakers so much that anybody who rubs the Lakers or their fans the wrong way. Uh, winds up looking like a sympathetic figure. So you get a lot of the whole, like, Dwight Howard, all Dwight did was fight through recovery from a back surgery <laughs> to to come back and work his ass off for the Lakers. No, I'm sorry. I don't mean to, I don't mean to laugh. I'm not laughing at recovering from back surgery. No. It's just the way that you were framing it as if that's all he did right. while he was in L.A. No, that's what I'm, I'm not, saying. As someone with back issues, I know how serious back issues are. I'm not laughing off yeah. the serious. No, 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 no. That's that's been the take that I've seen is that like a lot of people are asking what was the problem with Dwight? Like, why do people, why do Laker fans hate Dwight so much? And like the dude. You like gesture broadly at like everything he's done that year and then since. Like like the Hawks reportedly cheered. That's the thing. That Hawks players were cheering in the locker room when he was traded. It's funny. We went from. So Stan Van Gundy has that now infamous press conference where he was drinking his diet coke right dwight howard comes up puts his arm around him and then and then stan like leaves him hanging he's like all right dwight you can you can handle this shit i'm, I'm out right I'm well out. and no and stan had just said and not unbeknownst to dwight stan had just said yeah i know dwight try, tried to get me fired right right and then dwight walks into that press scrum just like laughing like putting his <laughs> arm around his coach and then uh stan walks off and the reporters are like so, so yeah did you guys try to have stan fired and he's like hold on well, wait what now <laughs> so so then so then we got so you go from that and then there was the stretch where dwight was a laker and then everything after dwight was a laker till now has been Dwight rubbing literally everybody the wrong way. The quote going into last season was that Dwight was a literal pain in the ass. Like he had, like he could not play because he had a plane in his rear end. He had a pain in his rear end. And his personality had manifested itself as an injury. Into an injury, right. And it's just funny how much people hate the Lakers or hate Lakers fans to the point where they're willing to over, like they're willing to say that yes. Yeah, that's the thing. Everybody was cracking on Dwight. Yeah. For like the last, you know, eight years or whatever. But now that he's a Laker, it's like, oh, you know, I really think you know, that this is the time that he's really, really wonder, put things together. Well, that that or they're doing like, you know, should we really should we really like really wonder why it is Lakers fans like really hate this guy? Like, no, he was he was an awful teammate. He was a terrible, terrible teammate. And yes, he did play Steve, through immense Steve pain. Steve Nash yelled at him. <laughs> Steve Nash. There's like a, the, I know you don't like Steve Nash, but Steve no. Nash is like by all accounts one the of nicest the nicest dudes. 
teammates in NBA history, not a guy that takes you to task publicly. In fact, I, I may be biased because I mostly watch the Lakers. I cannot recall a single other time seeing Steve Nash yell at a guy on the court and demonstrably disagree with them like he was with Dwight. Like, yeah. how obnoxious do you have to be to get a like, you know, like one of the nicest Canadians in NBA history to <laughs> scream at you openly on the court on national TV. And also the Lakers just officially announced the uh, Dwight Howard signing. I'm so, glad I didn't right have out. Twitter open while I was doing that. Yeah, you're welcome. Do you have to write that up? Do you have to? No, no, no. I, we already wrote that he was signing right now and all that. So we're good. <laughs> I was, I've been legit hoping, just like they did with like Rondo, how it took a little longer for them to officially announce Rondo that I was like, oh, well, maybe it's not an official announcement. Maybe we haven't. But well, yeah. so I kept thinking, I'm like, I, I saw all the initial leaks and the funniest possible outcome that I saw was like all the tweets were like Dwight Howard plans to sign with the Los Angeles Lakers when he clears waivers. And like there was the implication <laughs> that the Lakers also had this plan, but it was never like expressly until, until like about an hour after it happened that like the, this is why the Lakers plan to sign him. Shams Karani of The Athletic like went through it. But there was that initial like hour period where I was like. Did Dwight just like decide on the Lakers and the Lakers haven't mutually done this? Is this going to be a thing where like he took he gave money back and he goes and he shows up at the practice facility and they're like, no, thanks. I'm glad you brought that up because the Dwight thing. Have you ever seen a team throw cold water on their own signing more fast, more quickly than the Lakers did with Dwight? Have you no, ever seen that? Like it was almost like they were just on a power trip, so they were just gonna they were gonna make it clear to fans this is not gonna be the Dwight Howard experience that you remember. This time he is on a short leash. He doesn't get to tell us what to do. There are gonna be no stay D twelve billboards. He's gonna tell us, please let me stay. He's gonna beg for it. Yeah, you know, like yeah, that was that was very. You could tell it was Kobe's agent GMing through uh you know through the media there. The problem though with that, even though, is that so if they waive Dwight, there's implied implied failure on the lakers part right like it, it's this weird thing that i've seen done well, where people are like it's oh well, it's 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 a no risk move it's it, i don't see any risk involved here he's a non-guarantee for one thing the the fact that it's a non-guaranteed contract when the lakers are i believe at or above the cap they're above the cap right now right uh i'd have to double check that but i think I, so i believe yeah. they're above the cap and it's a minimum deal anyway there is no like the non guarantee to it only means that Genie Bus doesn't have to pay as much to to have him on the roster if they waive him. Like that's it. And hey, can you blame them? You know, I wouldn't want to pay for something I may not necessarily use. No, you know? I, yeah. Well, I mean, they they had Kobe for those last couple of years, but um... <laughs> well, they used him. It just you know it wasn't on the basketball court. It was. <laughs> Hey, happy mama or happy day after mama day. No, I just I did think that it was hilarious that they signed White on Kobe's birthday. Yeah. No, like I thought that maybe that that was going to be the catfishing. They were going to convince him to like take money off and then they were going to be like, ha ha. No, happy birthday, Kobe. We aren't actually signing Dwight, but we just cost him two million dollars. I want Kobe courtside for every game this year. That would be great. Honestly, I just, want him. I want him. Front I feel like center. it would get old after a while, maybe just for national TV games. Because that's like half their schedule anyway. Yeah. Or against games that are like singularly bad Dwight matchups. Yeah, I just feel like we'd wear it out really quick. Maybe we could alternate Kobe and Shaq and then, yeah. like, throw Kareem in there just for, like, a third of them. Just, like, see what he thinks of Dwight's antics. Do you want to, like, actually critically analyze this thing? Like, do you actually want to get in? Because I'm fine with cracking jokes about it, honestly. I mean, I, like, I feel like we could do both. I honestly, 
like I do have I, I honestly am not as down on this move from a basketball per I just like jokes. I'm mm-hmm. not as down on this move as you are. But you that this is why we work. You yeah. are much more reactionary. I kind of am a pe- I am a pessimist about every single thing other than basketball fit. Okay. I'll go first. <laughs> I'll go first. Just naturally. I'm just very pessimistic about everything in life, apparently, except for like, I, you know, I see you have basketball one blind spot like, in your pessimism. Yeah, I'm like, eh, I can kind of see it. And it's, and it's the one spot where your pessimism is more warranted than just about anywhere else in life, other than dealing with, nope, I'm not going to go there because this is one of their podcasts. Yeah, okay. But, <laughs> but, but, all right, here's my thing. Because again, I this is like, the common refrain among Laker fans is it's a it's a no risk move. For one, there's no such thing as a no risk move, right? There's no such thing as anything you can possibly do that has zero risk involved. Because at the very at the very least, with everything that you possibly do, there's opportunity costs involved. Period. Right? And here is and, and here with the Dwight thing, that's exactly what's going on. You have somebody who does a lot of the things that JaVel McGee does anyway. Like when he comes into the game for JaVel McGee, they aren't going to be changing anything. He doesn't space the floor. He, he's a little more mobile, I would say. There are differences. Is he? But yeah, I get he what you mean. He played nine games last year. Well, but he got hurt. I, I would say. Okay, I would say but that's the reason why a, there's concern. Yeah, so there is concern. I'm I'm saying I they are similar players. I do think that there are, there are tiny differences. Okay. Yes, Dwight pisses off way more people. Big difference there. Big difference. Well, Dwight, that that yes, that that's a big difference. Uh, I would say <laughs> Dwight is probably a better offensive rebounder. Um, you know, they're different finishers around the rim, different pick and roll players. It's like they're similar archetype archetypes of players, but archetypes, archetypes. archetypes. Is this my, I archetypes. can't pronounce it. Word of the day. Archetypes. archetypes yeah. Okay. Well, there we go. That's a new. That's today's Harrison can't pronounce this. <laughs> today's, um, today's Harrison can't pronounce this is brought to you by Webster's Dictionary. Webster's well, Dictionary. Nobody buys by, these anymore. What's up? Yeah, it's brought to you by Applebee's. <laughs> Don't, our food will make you forget how to pronounce words. <laughs> our food will give you a stroke. Um, um, <laughs> uh, yeah, I I kind of lost my train of thought there. They're slightly different players. I didn't mean to turn this into a they're, thing. They're, to to they're, me, they're different, but I get what you're saying. All right, but they're they're close enough that the style of play isn't going to be all that different. The reason why Joe Kim Noah was such an interesting dynamic here was was a more, in my opinion, sensible signing, other than Kurt Rambis's pointy ass like having a problem with him. But like the 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 Joe Kim Noah Joe Kim Noah was a creative player. Like he he can pass. Like he yeah. can he can do that kind of a thing. His feet are actually decent so that, you know, he is more mobile. We saw that last year. He can – he's not going to be a great, you know, pick-and-roll defender. You're not going to find a great pick-and-roll defender this stage of the offseason. But he is going to make a little bit more sense in in that respect. And, again, Joe Kim Noah is beloved by just about everybody he's ever played with. Maybe not against – No, played – no, he didn't play with him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played Yeah. Yeah. Maybe not against. LeBron would say that he is not beloved by everybody he's played against, right? Yeah, I think if you have if you have like probably the two most prominent voices in the Lakers organization and LeBron and Kurt Rambis against you, then uh, it's just going to be tough to I think make the roster. But, but I agree with you. I, I would have me personally. All that stuff aside, I also would have leaned towards Noah. I think that in addition to the things that you mentioned, he better 
he's not the same player as DeMarcus Cousins by any means, but he no. replicates a few of the things that he could do that made him interesting yeah. a lot better than Dwight does. Like, you could have gotten some of that elbow passing that they were hoping mm-hmm. for from Cousins, if not necessarily the elbow, you know, like driving to the basket and helter-skelter finishes around the rim and that <laughs> kind of stuff. But, like, you would have gotten some of the things you were losing in Cousins, so you have those two stylistically different players so that, like, if on one night, you know, let's say JaVale's a bad matchup, you can go to a totally different player. Right. Whereas now, it's like if you're kind of... If JaVale's you know, a bad matchup, it's foot, not going to get any better. If you're seven foot like relatively athletic center is like for whatever reason not working you don't have a totally different player on the bench other than being like all right well i guess anthony davis is center now which Mm -hmm. he doesn't want to do a lot during the regular season and that's going to happen in the in the more important games that you play over the course of the regular season by the way yeah for sure like that's all the all the bad matchups that you're going to run up run into with javel mcgee those are going to be the type of teams that you're really going to be worried about come playoff time so i think that should be pointed out as well uh, the other thing here, too, with, with Dwight compared to any other signing that they could have made is that when you lost DeMarcus Cousins, you lost, you took a major hit to your margin for error, right? A major one. This, I think, didn't do anything to mitigate against the margin for error because he's going to piss people off. It's just a matter of when. Like, how many people post 30 have you known? To completely re- like rethink the way that they approach life. Completely oh. rethink it. How old are you? I haven't completely rethought it. <laughs> I was gonna, well, I was going to say, depending on your answer, zero. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but no, no I, I mean, no, I agree with you. Like, there, there's a reason that, like, you can't teach an old dog new tricks is a right. saying. And it's not because it's hard to teach old dogs new tricks. It's also because human beings do not change their personalities generally mm. once they reach not a certain age or their viewpoints or, you know, whatever. I, I think the one thing that I think should maybe give optimism is like the last few stops of Dwight Howard's career. He was not being at like he was being asked to play a role or whatever, but it was a situation where he could. You know, if he was looking at it through rose-tinted glasses of, like, I'm still Dwight Howard, I'm still really good at basketball, I can do more than they're asking me to do, where he could be like, well, I'm better than that guy, or I should be getting touches over that guy. Like, this is a situation where there is, like, like no logical person in Dwight Howard's body and skill set and resume at this point would walk into this locker room and be like, you know what I'm going to do? Demand post-up touches, because this is my last chance in the NBA, and I'm going to go out swinging. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, he has to know that this is his last shot to really stick on an NBA roster. And there are the types of forceful personalities in this locker room that are not going to put up with his normal BS. You know, like LeBron, the first time Dwight tries to make like a fart joke to like, you know, smooth over some concerns over like, you know, he he was taking the ball in the post and trying to post up on a possession and got mad. And he's like, you know, he makes like a little raspberry noise and tries to make LeBron laugh. Like LeBron's just going to yell at him. And, (laughs) you know, there's like a lot of vets on this team, Rondo included. I know you don't like Rondo, but Rondo is the type of guy who has shown that he can get in a guy like Dwight's ear and kind of steer them back on track. Like this might be the one locker room that could Theoretically, again, I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate here. Yeah. Be the one to corral Dwight Howard. And it could be the circumstances as well. So I think you might have, if everything goes right, which as we've seen over the last couple of years, that doesn't often happen. Nope. But if everything goes right in this one circumstance, then 
the Dwight Howard move could work out, or it could, if it doesn't work out, it's not because of his clown fraudishness. Here's here's my retort. Here's my counter to that. I could say I could be holding a snowball, and I could bank my house, my livelihood, my own life on the chances of keeping this this snowball intact, right? And I could then say, all right, I have choices here in keeping this snowball intact. I can either put it in a freezer. uh, Let's even say that, that that freezer isn't an option. I can put it in a refrigerator, right? And I can keep it intact for a little bit longer. Or one of the options is I could throw it towards and throw it down to the depths of hell, right? And in those depths of hell, there might be like cooler tunnels. And <laughs> in those, like this is this is how do you come up with this stuff? No, in those in those cooler tunnels of hell, this is this is what we're talking about here with Dwight Howard. Is we this is you're taking the snowball that is this Lakers season, and you're saying I could do this, I could do the much more sensible thing, and put this snowball into a freezer or a refrigerator. With Dwight, you're saying. I'm going to throw it down into the depths of hell and hope that there's a tunnel cool enough to keep this thing intact long enough. That's what you're doing. He's that he's, he's that he's he's rubbed everybody the wrong way. There is not a single teammate that did you see a single teammate? And unless you want to count Shams as one of his teammates, right? But <laughs> have you seen a single teammate come out and say that this dude is anything other than a joke? Ah. Uh... Not that I can recall. None. Yeah. And, and who, and who what's paying been closer attention to, me to this than you? Is you? You have not seen, you have not seen like the Lakers en masse jump on Twitter and be like, not even Jared Dudley, no. the most active Twitter player in NBA history, <laughs> I don't think has welcomed Dwight Howard to the team yet. And again, the Lakers only just officially announced it. But you see guys, you yeah. know, after those leaks talk about these things or whatever, yeah. like they don't, they aren't the team. They don't have to wait till it's official. Um, we haven't seen LeBron say anything about it. Nope. You know, we haven't seen Anthony Nary Davis. We haven't seen Tuesday invite. Yeah. We, although we, you know, he might show up like, I feel like he would get along great with LeBron's kids, you know? Um, <laughs> no, he wouldn't. <laughs> he would ask, uh, he would ask for uh, like, yeah, ketchup even, for even his Kuzma, taco. And <laughs> even Kyle Kuzma has not like tweeted at Dwight Howard, like a picture of like him in a Superman costume too, to like ingratiate <laughs> himself by, right copying whatever that player's like uh you know shtick is so you know what the first thing we saw from dwight was after the 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 leak here the first thing we saw from dwight was him working on isolation wing moves and it's and a fall away one-footed jumper from he was shooting threes too i saw him shooting threes i i got the i'm waiting for you to come back and then we're gonna write the is dwight howard a stretch five article ah i i could write like one word of it no just no But here are some videos of him hitting off-season threes anyway. No, like, that coach, by the way, should be fired. <laughs> what are you doing? Well, I, don't, I mean, he's probably employed by Dwight Howard. So if Dwight Howard says, I would like to work on my three-point <laughs> shot, that guy's, you know, he's like going to be first... fired if he doesn't do that. Can you think of a moment that will garner louder boos than the first time Dwight Howard shoots a three-pointer? Yeah, I, somebody's going to yell, like, we should have kept Bynum. Yes, I, I was ready to yeah. make the case for keeping Bynum, honestly. Really yeah, was. you could make you, you could make a case for, you know, Bynum now. Let's take a quick second here. When we come back, I want to talk about the other the fallout from from signing Dwight because some people are wondering whether or not this impacts their pursuit of Andre Iguodala. 
Uh, what does this mean for other people on the roster? What does this mean just in general for the Lakers standing with Anthony Davis, which is pretty crystal clear at this point? So let's uh, let's come back to that here in a second. Really quick, though, before we get to the stuff I, I teased at, uh, at the end of last segment, um, I was talking about opportunity cost. Even if the Lakers wave Dwight, even if they get to the training camp and he rips like one too many farts and they wave him, that's still like a day or two of training camp that they didn't have a no, better yeah. fit in there. There, there is absolutely opportunity cost here. I'm 100% in agreement yeah. with you on this. I, I don't think that it's as large necessarily as you do. Um, I, I do think this is not without risk. I'm not going to say that this is risk-free, but it is low risk, I think. Low-ish. Uh, like, yeah, if, if you're missing out – like the only guy that you could say that you're missing out on here is Joe Kim Noah. And no other NBA team has signed him yet. He still may not get signed in time for training camp. He still may be around if the whole Dwight thing doesn't work out. You know? So, like, if he's not, then it becomes, like, it, it's – slightly slightly higher risk but there's also the you know the reality that the lakers they could go to the g league they can go to whatever and try and call a guy up if mm -hmm. this doesn't work out and it could, could have also done be that the type from the get-go though yeah they could have but it also might be the type of thing where it's like okay look anthony davis we are trying to you know we are trying to paper over the things that you want us to paper over we're trying to cater to you with this whole center thing but you know if dwight doesn't work out and then we bring in a g league a d league g league guy and he doesn't work out then it's like you know anthony we really need you to play some center now to make sure that we stay in the playoff hunt i know it's not what you want to do but like we really tried and this other stuff it just isn't working we really need you to go for it you know it could be one of those things where it's you're trying you're trying to make him happy and if it doesn't work, then you have to ask him to do some stuff that he doesn't love as much. This was going to be one of the points that I was going to make on in terms of the fallout of, of signing Dwight, you yeah. know, and this was more of a, a general point that was that could have been made, you know, last week when they were looking at centers anyway. Not this isn't a Dwight specific point. This is a this is a this is something that the Lakers are doing. In order to appease Anthony Davis, who is a who is going to be likely a free agent at the end of this year. Yep. So in that respect, I get it. I don't get it with it specifically with the answer to that, with the solution to that being Dwight. That's where I that's where you lose me, but I get it to a certain extent there. Um unless unless they're thinking, hey, we know it's not gonna work out with Dwight. And maybe some of these other better options are going to be gone, and we won't have another option there. And Anthony, you're going to have to play center. Rob Polinka is light years ahead. Yeah, he's like he's playing the long game. He's like, who can I bring in that is certain to flame out? Yeah, forty checkers. Is yeah, that... and he's going to let Kobe make the call to cut him. <laughs> I need Kobe involved. I haven't wanted Kobe involved with the Lakers to this point. But I Can we get him, him as an assistant coach, but just like assistant coach in charge of manning up and toughness and yeah. just like and then they like the Lakers like they don't make a big thing of it, but they just only assigned Dwight to work with him. It was funny to see to go back and read some of the old articles from when Dwight was a Laker, because you kind of one of the articles that I read or one of the snippets that I saw um, was that Kobe 
was doing whatever he could to support Dwight through his free throw struggles. And I believe this was either from Ding or Buka, <laughs> one of those guys uh, who, you know, I won't, I won't say what's on yeah, my mind. No, but uh, most of you guys know what's on my mind. Um, but those guys, they were saying that basically Kobe was, was doing all he could to support Dwight through his free throw struggles. But Dwight was undercutting Kobe at every turn by pointing to statistics that showed that Kobe was shooting too much. So, oh, like, no, man. who does anybody just, look good in that spot? Nobody does. No, right? I just like I I loved my my favorite thing still from the first white experience was him somehow getting into it with Mitch Kupchak while being ejected during his final game as a Laker, then yeah. asking the Lakers to amnesty Kobe. Yep. And then when he went to his board, when to his meeting, Kobe showed up to a meeting that I'm pretty sure like no one, either no one asked him to show up for, or they told him to dress like formally or whatever shows up in like a t-shirt and like basketball shorts, I think was the story. Like, yeah. And just came in and told Dwight that he was going to teach him how to win. <laughs> like that was the pet. That was one of the pettiest, teammate feuds in nba history like shaq like we remember shaq and kobe fighting because it went on longer and yeah. it was like two of the best players in the league going at each other and like will this last how long can it but they're still winning at a high level right but like kobe versus dwight is just hysterical to go back and look at the development of they staged a photo where they <laughs> pretended they were fighting to show with mike d'antoni jokingly breaking them up to yeah. Pretend to be like, no, everything's fine. If you yeah. have to tweet that photo and you're like, this solves it, then you you have a pretty big problem. That season will go down as the most frustrating, but One also the, the most dumbest season <laughs> <Yes>. ever. <laughs> Ron Artest after the season said that Mike D'Antoni's system was more at fault for the Lakers sucking than Kobe and Dwight not getting along or guys in the locker room not getting along. When, yeah, that, that's without you had the whole Phil dynamic where that's who Dwight yes. wanted to bring in, and yeah. like, oh man, that whole seat it, that was such a mess. And if that they fired again, Mike Brown five games into it, oh, uh, hey, they gave us the greatest or the the best winning percentage in Lakers coach history, though. I'm so glad, yeah, Bern, you know, Bernie, Bernie Bickerstaff, the real goat. I I am so glad that I didn't start blogging until like the day Dwight left, and then that was like the one saving grace I had in my time covering the Lakers. And then now they like they brought him back. They're like, how can we continue to mess with Harrison? And they mm -hmm. just resigned him. Yeah, yeah, that was like we were like, Phew. finally, thank God we dodged that ball. That Shoot. was another Hold funny on. one. I saw I saw like Arash Markazi said that Dwight saved the Lakers from from signing him at one point. That Dwight he did yes he did them a favor by leaving. Yes. Which like yes, but also that was not intentional. <laughs> it's not like in any way. It's not like Dwight went to the Lakers and was like, guys, I know you're you're, you're you would like to have me back, but I'm telling yeah, you, I'm not the person for this organization. It's not like when LeBron left Cleveland and the, so they could stock up on young assets to, like, fuel his return and then went back and was mm -hmm. planning on doing it the whole time. It's not like that. <laughs> like, this was this was not – if this was the plan from Dwight, then I guess mission accomplished. But, like, th no, hold on. There, there are two more things that yeah. I do want to address, like, as we get into this podcast. And, like, yeah. the one is the Iguodala stuff. Yeah. And I saw that there was a lot of concern and about – 
does this eliminate the Lakers from signing Andre Iguodala? They had to waive a player to make room for Dwight. Does that mean that they're like now full up? No, like just in short, no, they can still sign. That does not stop them. They can still sign Andre Iguodala or any other player who's bought out should they choose to do so. Uh, they basically they waved a guy. Else, but. Yeah, they waved a guy who was on an Exhibit Ten contract. So he was, you know, he was unlikely to spend the year with the Lakers anyway. Dwight's deal was non guaranteed, so they have two avenues to go about and do this. They can either waive Dwight and add Iguodala or whoever else, and so like that's one avenue that they could take to do this. They can also apply for a dis- I believe it's called a disabled player exception, but don't quote me on that. But basically, yeah. they can apply for this exception that basically says, look, Demarcus Cousins is out for the year. We should be allowed to add a player in his spot and the nba in all likelihood would grant it because he tore his acl they just have to look at his medicals first and whatever and i don't even think that that means that the lakers cut cousins i'm pretty sure that still allows them to keep him around the team and take care of him during his rehab but they can also bring in a player in his place it just eliminates him from coming back at all this year Mm -hmm. which is probably why they didn't want to do that and like with him just yet because they don't have a reason to Holman can still sign with the South Bay Lakers and get his 50 K bonus via the exhibit 10 contract, just like he would if he went to training camp. So this is like, this is something they were going to do anyway. They just sped it up. And so they do still have options to add Iguodala. Right. Where it gets where. Yeah. And that's not something I was ever. And and I, did you say that they could waive somebody else on their ro- like on the NBA roster? Because yeah, like, sure. like so, they, somebody they like could. Troy Daniels is probably gone if yeah, Andre could, Iguodala becomes be guaranteed money versus like Dwight non guaranteed money. So like right. that's why I said him. But you're but right. There, yes. But there would be more of a there would be a use for Dwight that there wouldn't be yeah. necessarily with Troy Daniels. So I yeah. would imagine I if you were to if I had to bet one way or the other if Andre Iguodala becomes available. I think it's more likely that the Lakers wave somebody like Troy Daniels than they would Dwight. Um, yeah, I hadn't thought about that, but that is absolutely like a possibility. Yeah. So I yeah I, the 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 Iguodala thing that's not the aspect of this that that makes me nervous. Then the aspect of this that makes me nervous. The only player in this whole situation that makes me nervous is the loss of of Joe Kim Noah. That's it. Yeah, that's the only so, again, that's a guy that no NBA team has signed to this point. That's relatively low risk. I know that yeah. it's not no risk. It's not. I agree with you on that, but it is relatively low risk. Yeah, like the risk, the, getting the, getting the, if getting Joe Kim Noah or not is going to make it or break your season. Your season was not really right. on a great path to begin with. Anyway, these are somewhat interchangeable guys to me. I think that that was the last thing that I wanted to talk about as far as Dwight goes is the on court fit. Like, I think you and I are both in agreement that we would have went with Noah. We feel like he would have fit a little bit better in our eyes. But I do think that there is a case to be made for Dwight. So I'm going to go ahead and let you make it. (laughs) (laughs) You know what's sad is I actually – I don't know if people made it all the way to the end of of yesterday's version of Locked on Lakers. But I actually did say that there is a scenario here where this works out. It just involves Dwight shutting up, which I don't know he's physically capable of doing. Yeah, so, I don't. I I would not imagine that. So like, I think. What's your best case scenario? Court, Realistic. We're like, yeah. If Dwight suddenly became mute, you know, and he just was not able to talk, or or you know, if he became a basketball robot and he just did exactly what the team wants him to do all the time, never complained, just went out there, set screens, rebounded, defended, 
uh, finish lobs occasionally. Mm-hmm. You know, if he just went and did all that stuff, like he's claiming he's going to do for the 32nd year in a row, if Dwight just comes in like he's a basketball robot and he just does the things that the Lakers want him to do, you know, he just screens, rebounds, defends, finishes around the rim occasionally. He fits in basketball wise in much the same way that JaVale McGee does. There is a utility for a player like that on this team. I just wonder if there are enough playmakers to constantly take advantage of him, which is like where the Joe Kim Noah, you know, advantage would have come in. I think Joe Kim Noah is also a better free throw shooter, slightly better floor spacer, not from three, but like he can at least space it to mid range a little bit. Um, But Dwight is a guy that he guys like him have played well with LeBron. Um, he there are going to be avenues for when Anthony Davis is say like doing one of his dribble drives to the basket. There will be opportunities for tip ins. There will be opportunities for little lobs or dump off passes from the dunker spot for Dwight. Um, there will be lob opportunities from LeBron if he's setting hard screens, which is something uh, Ollie just made a video for Silver Screen and Roll. Dwight was slipping a lot of screens last year, and I don't know how much of that is injury related or whatever. But if he's not setting hard screens, then a lot of this utility that we're talking about goes out the window. But if he's doing stuff like that, I think he can help this team. I just questioned how long is he going to stick in this role? And I think that it's a fair question because he hasn't done it in Mm -hmm. all of the other places he's been asked to do it. And like, if he's just demanding post-up touches by December, then all this like pie in the sky, this is going to work out stuff goes out the window. And so I think that if he does come in and do the things that he's committing to doing right now, I think he can help the team. He can guard bigger centers, take that load off of Anthony Davis and things like that. But You know, I don't know that that is going to be what happens because it has not been what happens ever in Dwight's career. He never comes in and does just the things that you want him to do, even when he was a star. And it was a little bit more justified because stars don't always, you know, do it. They have places where they go outside of the game plan and whatever. But um, like even when he as he started to decline, he's never shown a willingness to be like, oh, no, I'm not this post up guy anymore. I'm going to go do just the stuff that the Lakers want him to do now, just like all these other teams have wanted him to do. So, yeah, yeah I don't the, know. The, theoretically, Dwight has always been like I saw this on on High Noon today. Uh, Bomani and Pablo were making the we're, we're having a conversation about Dwight, and Pablo made the the point, and it's valid that Dwight is the prototypical modern NBA center. Yeah, the the rim running, rim protecting, pick and roll finishing big that you want alongside a primary ball handler. Uh, such as LeBron, right? So, somebody like the Lakers have. The problem, though, is that that theory is just that. It's just a theory. In practice— Because he's never done it. Yeah. He's never actually gone out and done it. In practice, he has not done that. He, he, is, he has not been interested in doing that over the course of an entire season. Now, maybe he really has turned a new leaf, and he's going to go the entire year where he's going to do all that stuff He's going to be well open to that, open to that role, and welcome the ability to play on a winning team and 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 recapture this last chance at at sticking in the NBA. Maybe, but what's different? Honestly, I'm I'm honestly wondering this. Why? What's different about the Lakers than the other situations that he's floundered in, that he's pissed people off in? They're a better team, and LeBron is the is the is the difference here, in my opinion. But is that enough? It, it, is I don't the know coaching that it's enough, but I think, secure I think the enough. difference is I think the difference is our last chance. This is end of the road. Stronger veterans and uh, like that's basically and, and a chance to really win and turn the narrative chance. of your career around. Because no other team's going to sign him. What other team was even rumored to be interested in him this offseason? 
if he got bought out. There were none. I, I think he, I think he's out of the NBA if this doesn't work out. If if he can't stick it, if he can't stick here and play the role that he that teams want him to play is at it, age thirty four here, where is he going to do it? Isn't that one of the things that you should be worried about as the Lakers? Why are you the last chance team? For sure. Yeah, that's why that's why he was available and like at this stage of the summer and all of that. Like this is all concerning. Like none of this is like an A plus move. And the, and but, the other thing, the other thing here to keep in mind is. Like the Lakers were the quote unquote last chance for Michael Beasley. He found another spot. Lance Stevenson was seen as the. I don't. Well, Lance Stevenson is actually now he is out of the league. He is. And he is. You're you right. Know, you're right. But, but it's not in the same way as Dwight was. Where like like teams are have made it pretty clear with their actions that th- like this is it. Like if he turns his career around, it's not his last chance. Like obviously, if he plays really well for the Lakers this year and they don't re-sign him, that doesn't mean that necessarily no team will. Um, but if he comes into this year and does the same Dwight stuff that he's done the last eight years or whatever, you know, like it, no team is going to sign him because what team is going to, what coaching staff and front office is going to look at that guy that couldn't fit into a role here with LeBron and Anthony Davis and a realistic chance at a title if things break right and be like, well, no, but our culture, we could ingratiate him. I think there's a lot of teams out there with a better culture than the Lakers. No, I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I just think at some point he becomes not worth the risk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like these other teams are going to look at that and be like, well, if he couldn't fit in there, regardless of how strong our culture is, is does he still have the talent and skills to make it worth the headache? If, yeah. if he wasn't willing to do it there, why would he do it here? And do we really want to fight him? Well, that's something that a smart team would tell themselves. Like, there's a reason those teams have better cultures than the Lakers, because they don't risk that culture with somebody like Dwight Howard. They also just may not be in a position where their guy that they plan to have play that role, you know, tore his ACL in August. That's that's how you end up with Dwight Howard. This was not the Lakers plan A. Yeah. Well, but that's that's still, though, like if the if the point that people are making is here's this guy who fits the. Uh, definition the the modern prototype of the 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 NBA center in the way that Dwight Howard does like that guy does help teams like that guy really really does there's there's a use for that guy especially coming off the bench for 20ish minutes the way that the Lakers are hoping to be able to use Dwight like there's a use there all those teams just about every team in the NBA could use a player like that it's just that they haven't convinced themselves that player is Dwight Howard because he's pissed off at like a third of the team or the, a third of the NBA. Well, and that's why, again, this is his last chance. And that's why I keep going back to that. And I think that, that if he has any ounce, of, we've seen that he doesn't have a lot of self-awareness, but if he has any, you know, ability to evaluate himself and his stock in the league, any self-awareness at all, then you would think that he would realize this is his last chance and that he might have the veteran training wheels to keep him on, I don't want to say straight and narrow, because he obviously he's not doing criminal things, but you no. know what I mean? Yeah. Keep him on the path that the team wants him on and keep him in the role that the team wants him in. Yeah. Uh, doesn't doesn't speak to how, you know, the, the level of self-awareness uh, that we're hoping, that the Lakers are hoping that Dwight can showcase. That level of self-awareness doesn't usually involve somebody that, <laughs> working on step-back, one-footed jumpers. Yeah, that would not say. Although, I mean, how much does he need to work on finishing around the rim? I guess I told yeah. myself optimistically. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. All right, is there? Oh, we have a we have a couple, I guess, house cleaning things that we have to address here before we send people on their merry way. Yeah. So I guess number one is you did not read your book club book this no. week, showing 
a shocking lack of commitment to the podcast in addition to missing what the last three weeks last two weeks yeah nothing's really been going on in my life to explain that either no i yeah exactly i mean like just because you're in charge of another human life now does not mean that you don't have the listeners to care for as well (laughs) okay you sound like a colts fan yeah, like no, exactly. Like it, peak millennial is quitting your podcast so that you can focus on your family. You know, I gotta say, parenting is freaking tough, man. I gotta I apologize. Remember, to my I, coach. I, will, I will tell this story again. You told me you're like, I think the only day I'm gonna need off is the day that she's actually born. <laughs> After that, I mean, how much? Like, how much time can it take up? She's just gonna be sleeping. Little did you know. So they do very so they they do their sleeping even while they sleep you cannot relax. No. Like it's it's literally that's like physically arguably Im- the most dangerous time because they won't tell you if something's wrong. Right. No, that's like that's the even and even like not even from like the 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 danger that they're in standpoint your body just doesn't let you relax. I have not relaxed for 3 weeks. Welcome to 3 weeks in the in the life of Harrison Fagan. <laughs> Three weeks of of employing Anthony Irwin as your yeah as exactly one of your no just three weeks of being the most neurotic nervous person on the planet so <laughs> the first thing the first thing I ask you in coming back to write today is can I have this headline that features Avery Bradley pissing off the Clippers no the first thing that you asked me was how do I format this article I'm like Anthony go to the site this is a recurring <laughs> series this should not be a mystery. <laughs> there's <laughs> a new one up today that you can look at for anything but yeah. I don't think I've gone to Silver Screen and Roll to read something in years. But, you know, Plural. you have a child to explain that. So, yes, I've had a child yeah. for four years now. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, Christian. <laughs> Good point. Good point. And Grant. <laughs> we have to take care of them. Could you, um, could you imagine how angry Christian would be hearing that last sentence? Let's hope yeah. he just stumbles well, upon Well, also, that again, not a great thing to say on our podcast. But, again, I would just remind the listeners, that's because Anthony doesn't know how to read. Just because he doesn't doesn't mean that you can't. And yes. go to the finest Lakers site on the planet and, it is you know, really read good. our – Yeah. It, well, you wouldn't know. It was really good, you know, back when Drew was writing. So I think that's basically what you just said was Drew was the one bringing you to the site. I'm yep, not... just walked yourself into that corner. So, I'm, I'm... all right, <laughs> only other housekeeping note. For the podcast is we just you know obviously you all can say that you're disappointed in us for not recording the last couple weeks but all of you showed a lack a shocking lack of commitment Mm -hmm. to the podcast over the last several weeks we've asked you nay we have begged you Mm -hmm. to leave us some review questions just if you appreciate us at all please just a five-star review on itunes just send us a question do you not like us do you not care about us do you not want me to be able to feed my cat you know (laughs) I just do you hate Anthony's daughter? His That's newborn my daughter is newborn Avery, baby Avery. Avery gets diapers based off of iTunes reviews. Yeah. She's been sitting in the same dirty diaper now for three weeks. That seems dangerous. And I'm just saying, if any of you have any questions that you want us to answer, we will answer them. Please, you just all you gotta do is you go to Silver Screen and Roll on iTunes, five star review, leave your question about the show. Please, yeah. just like support us. I'm tr- I'm trying to get married next year. At, at this point, it's going to be at a McDonald's. I just like I don't they, know, man. McDonald's are pricey. Yeah, maybe uh, you know, maybe Applebee's. And like, don't force me into that. And <laughs> don't do that. Don't do you that. You know what I mean? Florida. Like, don't make me cater my wedding with Applebee. Like, I, I'm I'm tr- I'm sorry. I'm not trying to sound entitled. 
we just we need your help. And we're just asking ourselves, we're sitting here, do they hate us? I don't know. Like that's where my brain goes is I assume every single person, which is in the thousands that listens to this podcast, hates me now. And, you know, I just like I mean, that at hurts. least that at least one inside. person listening right at this moment fits that description. I know. I'm sure there is one person that's like, finally, I feel seen. Um, but, <laughs> oh, I meant I meant me because oh. I'm listening right now at this moment. But well, no, I here's the thing. So iTunes, iTunes works off an algorithm. If you guys leave a review, it helps us because we look better in the algorithm. We aren't asking you for any money. The just, people, the people who minutes. listen to Locked On Lakers have figured that out, and a few people who've figured that out to an angry extent, to where they get angry at me and they yell at me about that. So if you enjoy the show, if you like this dynamic between me and Harrison, if you like the other shows that are elsewhere on this feed, if you have requests, like if, you, if there's a show combination that you haven't heard to this point, let us know and we will try to, to, to make that happen in the form. You just got to leave that in the form of a five-star review so that my poor daughter can, can change out of that one, uh, that one dirty diaper. Yeah, so I mean, we, we don't so want to we don't want to ask you, you for money. We know it's like a little bit of a time commitment. It takes a couple seconds of your day. But if you've appreciated the podcast mm-hmm. and you could help us out, just think about it. Have any of you ever watched Ocean's Eleven? You can't answer that, but I'll leave space for you to answer. OK, yeah. So, you know, either you have or haven't seen the movie. Mm-hmm. And but have you ever wanted to be part of a heist like that? This is kind of like that. Or yes. like, you know, Avengers Endgame. We're going on a time heist. We're going on a review heist. Exactly. And we are going to you are going to help us game the system and haven't you ever wanted to just like see it be with me i got my fedora on i look like i'm ready to be in a heist movie anthony is kind of anthony's the muscle in this case and we need you to kind of be the brains and plan this out for us and tell us what you want us to do on the show and help us rise up those rankings so that other people can find this podcast it helps us out we don't want to be like too i don't want to sit here and beg you but i'm just i'm questioning do you hate me they probably do yeah, probably. I mean, I do. So <laughs> that'll do. I hate me. <laughs> oh, we like you, Harrison. Oh, thank you. I, pre- I one person. This, well, if you took off the fedora, all right. Tell you what. Here's here's your guys's task. I need you guys to just say yes, fedora or no fedora. The first review that we get of somebody saying yes or no fedora will decide the fate of Harrison's fedora. And Harrison, you can't say this. You can't take you can't take part in this. Okay, all right. I'm just gonna have Mia do it. I know what her response is. I feel better. Oh, that's it. actually that would backfire on yeah. me. So yeah, shouldn't have said anything. That'll do it for this episode of the Lake Show. Thank you guys very much for tuning in. Uh, the Lake. We'll see how this thing goes. As with everything, I think we need to mention when I criticize, when I come in so hard against the move, it's with the disclaimer. I hope I'm wrong. I hope Dwight proves me wrong. I, I hope, hope Anthony's wrong too. I hope that every single time he commits to a take, we've we've we're still waiting on the first yeah. time. But but you know what? I hope this happens to be that first time. You know, I would not be the only person he would be proving wrong. He would be. Proving I mean, I think that you said Julius Randle not playing in summer league would ruin his career, or that the Lakers were setting up Co- uh, Ingram for failure by giving him Kobe's locker. No, that was Bontemps. Oh yeah, oops, that was sorry, I mixed you guys up. How dare you! <laughs> How dare you? Have a good one, everybody. Leave Harrison a review to say fuck that fedora.